Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today, I'm joined by Poppy Delbridge, mind coach, author and tapping expert. Tapping is a form of alternative therapy that aims to help reduce stress, anxiety, phobias, pain, and a variety of other emotional and physical issues through tapping on specific points of the body whilst focusing on a particular emotion or feeling. And I'll be honest, I have very limited experience of tapping and tapping therapy, but a very good friend of mine absolutely swears by it. It is the first thing she turns to when she is suffering from anxiety or overwhelm. So I'm really excited to have this conversation today and to learn more about all things tapping, tapping therapy, rapid tapping. So welcome to the podcast, Poppy. Yay. Hello. Happy to be here. The absolute icon of tapping. I feel like I see your work everywhere and people, the people that you work with and, you know, you've got the book now. There's so many things for us to talk about today. And I think it's taken us a long time to actually, you know, a path have crossed many times, haven't they, along the years. Um, so I'm really glad that we've been able to, to finally get together. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's going to be really cool because... I can't believe you're not tapping yet, actually. And I'm like, yes, who is that friend? Good. All right, well, <laughs> let's get into it then. So I guess my first question would be, I gave a very brief description of, of tapping and what I think that it is, but could you tell us more about tapping therapy, about rapid tapping, how it works and the main principles and theories behind it? Yeah, so what you said was bang on. You know, when you first think about tapping, you think about it being a solution for stress, and anxiety, overwhelm, all of the things that we just go through as humans, right? When we're going for anything in life. So at its core, tapping is a psychosensory technique, which means essentially you're working with your brain um, and your nervous system, but you're also working with your body. So somatically, you're working with touch therapy. Uh, Originally tapping, I mean, people tap all the time without knowing they do it. Uh, That's just an inbuilt interesting thing. And how it came about was in 1980 with a a doctor in America, a psychologist, and he was working with clients. He was working particularly with phobias um, and and trauma. And he wasn't really getting there with a few of his clients and they knew what was wrong, but they didn't know how to actually get rid of it. And he started using tapping at the same time as his work and had these incredible results where people were literally being instantly kind of seemingly cured from really powerful phobias uh, and trauma. And from then it kind of moved in and simplified. One of his students then took it on and it became EFT. And then different strands have come up now, which is really cool, but it's still very little known in terms of what it is. But essentially you're evoking your feelings on the one hand, like a therapy, but on the other hand, you're literally tapping these energy points, which is more from acupuncture, acupressure roots, but it has since moved into a different territory. But it works really quickly. Uh, that's the most exciting thing about it. 
Yeah, and if someone's listening to this and they've never heard of tapping, they have no idea what it is. As you said, you're physically tapping. So is it with like two fingers or three fingers and you're tapping like, you know, a consistent, almost like a rhythm, like a consistent, like, I guess like a uh, a beating drum and it just, you just keep tapping on, on one place. So is it, I mean, I'm literally just assuming and making this up, but is it something to do with, you know, are you disrupting or, or distracting? You know, when you said you're thinking about something in your mind, for example, with phobias or fears, is the tapping sensation on the body like disrupting or distracting some kind of part of the brain and, and re rerouting or rewiring that? Or is it nothing to do with that? Mm. Yeah, so, so so it's been under a lot of rigorous trials, actually, as you can imagine, through the years. So it's had hundreds of clinical trials. And in those clinical trials, what they found is that the brain is operating in a particular way when you do the tapping. What happens is you're, yeah, you're disrupting particular loops and how that actually works is you're tapping with I like to use two hands because a lot of it is on your face and upper body in traditional tapping and you will be tapping on the ends of the meridian lines which are the kind of invisible energy lines that run through your body um what happens is when you do do that and you essentially tap I'm doing it now but you know, anyone can do it on particular points in a particular sequence, saying particular things. You, number one, your nervous system calms down. It goes back into balance. Uh, there's a lot of breathing in this as well as breath work. And, and the second thing that's really interesting is you're essentially releasing yourself from quite stuck energy. So what we would say is you're, you're interrupting um, the old stagnant energy and making that flow again. So often when you reach that point where there's a shift, energy shift, you feel it in your body, you might feel it in your throat, you'll feel it and you're like, oh. it's like almost when something horrible happens in your life and you scream. It's almost like, you know how that scream affects you in a certain way. And it's like, it either gives you relief or it just like you hold it. Uh, it, it, it works with the body. Yeah, it's a release, isn't mm -hmm. it? I've seen that, um, I saw something, it was talking about an animal study and, and how, I think it was giving the example of a deer and it was saying that when the deer is being chased and they know they're being chased, you know, they're sprinting, they're at their absolute max effort and capacity and it's very high stress, high intensity, high anxiety for the body. And then once they're free and they see that, you know, they've, they've, the, they're no longer being chased, they've lost the, whoever's chasing them they kind of do this shake. It's like a twitch, like a shake off. And they shake, they literally physically shake the body, not for long, a few seconds. It's like a chitch, like imagine a dog shaking off the water, getting out of a, a lake. And then after that, they just calmly go along with the rest of their day. They're not looking over their shoulder every two seconds. They don't remain in that state of anxiety, fight mm -hmm. or flight. And I thought it was really interesting because obviously as humans, we often, a lot of people live in a state of fight or flight, high anxiety, hyper stimulation all the time or, or for a lot of the time. And I, I suppose our nervous systems become conditioned and it's, that's our habit, right? It's, I always talk about gears of a car. It's like you're stuck in fifth gear and you can't go back down into like a lower gear. So I thought that was really interesting, that example of the deer and how actually a lot, I'm sure there's lots of other examples in lots of other animals, but it was a really clear and visual to see the change between this kind of, yeah, flight, fright, sprint, and then complete relaxation afterwards. Mm, absolutely. And and that is another thing that this does. There's a whole section of my book about the brain and a bit of a geek about it. And what it does is a part of your brain called the amygdala and that is what is responsible for that fight or flight in us humans. And you're absolutely right, it's, it's constantly alert. Um, and we've moved from that physical, I do have to run from an animal. Um, and I do have to look around my shoulder all the time 
to that psychological sense of background stress. So when you tap, it lowers your cortisol production and a lot of the hormones that you don't particularly want all the time. Mm. Um, adrenaline, things like that, they can have their moments, you know, for willpower and things like that. But you don't want to be in a chronic state and you certainly don't want it affecting your belief system, which is more my, my bag. You don't want to have beliefs that keep you limited. Mm. God, yeah, well, I'm going to get into all of that. But before we do, I'd love to know, I suppose, what led you into this work in the first place. So initially, because I know you've had, you know, a previous very successful career in a different industry. So what led you to become interested in tapping? Was there a personal or professional experience that motivated you to explore this? Yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, the interesting thing is I start my book in the same way and it was kind of weird writing it and what happened was my mum reintroduced me to tapping. My mum and dad were quite alternative because they were, or they had to be. So um, I guess my interest in mindset and all this work and creating the impossible uh, and feeling really fulfilled with life, no matter what is going on, came from my own personal story growing up, which was that my dad suddenly got like a really very rare form of cancer and it was adrenal cancer. And we found that out because he had a heart attack because he was really, really stressed because he was pretty pretty entrepreneurial. And that was a real like boom moment for our family. He was given 10 days to live and it was, uh, I was very small. And so what happened from that was that I was able to see quite impossible things happening due to these quite alternative ways of living. I mean, they were turned vegetarian back in the day when people weren't um they were using supplements supplementation they were doing mindset work journaling manifesting you know they were you name it i grew up with it and what happened from that response to you know really a determination Mm -hmm. to be like no i'm not having this um was that my dad actually got a lot better physically and was able to live really happily running marathons and being super happy for you know, years and years and years, you know, decades, decades, decades more. Wow. And so he was like a medical miracle. So, my, you know, and the same with my mum. My mum did similar things. Now I've done similar things mm-hmm. with my health. And it's really interesting that I kind of did this career in media and then sort of forgot about tapping a bit and all, a lot of these other things, to be honest. And then you're like, ah, I remember it. That happened when I had a personal sort of relationship wake up call and uh, suddenly became yeah, like a single mum with this job in the media and and that was a bit of a shocker. So I, I then turned to tapping again, then became quietly obsessed with it. I mean, I'm talking a long time ago. Mm. Um, manifestation, all this stuff was always part of my life. And then I realised it was fantastic at stress, you know, belief change, all of these things. I became a practitioner of it and many other things as well at the same time. Started using it with people and started seeing just started doing the tapping more because it was giving give better results actually than even my coaching and then I just became obviously obsessed with it <laughs> and now I'm like yeah no, I did rapid tapping was born sort of organically out of that as well yeah it's incredibly powerful when you hear those kind of stories and when you experience those kind of stories yourself because I think for so many people you know I do deliver a lot of talks you know whether it's motivational talks or, or keynotes and 
even the word motivation, sometimes I feel like we've, we, we hear so many things now, but until you experience something for yourself and often sadly, it's something negative it's something traumatic it's something that stops your world from spinning stops you living your life and it's a catalyst for change and the thing that i always want people to hear and to get and you can't implant it into people is that don't wait for that catalyst you know don't wait until you say i have a cancer diagnosis or somebody in my family does and that could be anything not to say starting a new alternative therapy but that could be anything from changing your diet to prioritizing your sleep to doing talking therapy to your relationships, whatever it is, if there's something and you know that it's not great, it's not good, it's not optimum, it's not feeling good, don't wait for a catalyst, you know, until you're like, okay, this has made me stop and rethink. And, you know, often I know we all go through life and things, you know, life has its um, ups and downs inevitably for everybody. But I'm sure you've probably seen that with the work and the clients that you do, right? It's like we live with these, as you said, underlying chronic you know, stress or, or challenging situations. And we think, you know, we all have limits, but we think that we can just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. But sometimes we can't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, powerful. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, actually, we all have this thing that comes up in life and we get this choice and it's like, you're going to go for it and you're going to break through it or you're going to break down either way don't judge yourself but there is that option to break through it you arm yourself with the right tools you see what's out there you find the rabbit hole that's right for you and you go for it and you see what pops up in wonderland yes oh, i love it and the other thing to mention is that, of course, you know, people listening to this podcast, I don't know who they are. I don't know where they are. I don't know their circumstances. I don't know their physical and mental well-being or state. And I've tried so many well-being practices over the last decade, I think, with the work that I do and hosting this show. And, you know, some of those I've been lucky enough to go and work with some incredible coaching one to one. So things like breath work and cold water therapy and cryotherapy, lots of things. Um, and it's great that now the I suppose the democratization of these things because we can access people online we can follow them we can do some of these practices ourselves but I often think as well like is it safe for people to just you know for example go onto YouTube and find something or listen to something online can anyone try this in a you know safe way at home by themselves or are there any caveats that you like to say to people if they've never tried it before or is it yeah completely safe for everybody hmm well it's a really good question, right? And one of the things that I've done and, and really pioneered is this sort of self-tapping thing. Uh, obviously, I was a practitioner and a coach and still am, but I don't believe you need to necessarily come to me for a series of sessions. I mean, it's not going to be popular with every practitioner in the world <laughs> that I'm telling people to go and do self-tapping. But, you know, yes, it's, it's really safe. The clinical evidence is it's bringing your nervous system back into balance. Um, there's been really fantastic studies that show it's even more effective than CBT. I mean, there's really powerful talks at high level about how tapping can be put into to, to some of the big organizations. I've tapped with absolutely tons of big organizations and their CEOs, leaders, people like that. That's what I specialize in. And I've never, ever seen uh, it be unsafe. So I feel personally that it's, you know, you take full responsibility for your own well-being, of course. Uh, you know your body more than I do, but in terms of the the, the evidence behind it, it's, it's it's super safe. And at the same time, it's kind of like what you're doing is you're just playing with with energy and your emotions, mm. and you're you know no no one owns that. 
Um, and, I, and I like to encourage people not to be too bamboozled with it. Um, okay. And if you find a point where you need to go to a practitioner and go into something super deep and you need support for that, 100% go support for that. And I would never call rapid tapping therapy for that reason. Uh, I'm a therapist. I'm a, I've got lots of different certifications, but I think you've just got to you just got to know when you need additional support and get that support if you need it. But if you want to go for your goals and you want to do a little bit every day, you want to make a lifestyle choice and you want to build up and you want to like actually like get into like performance, peak performance, power, all the possibilities, all the P's I call them, and reduce stress and all the self sabotage and all of the BSs. I would call them, then yeah, absolutely 100% go for it. All right, well, let's get into that because that is my bag. As you know, that is my world. So when it comes to, (laughs) you know, high performance and yeah, optimizing, optimizing our energy, being able to perform at our best in work and in life. It's not about, you know, I never want people to hear my message and think it's do more or bigger or better. It's not that, but it's just, I really want people to understand. Sometimes I feel like they look and they see level one and level two and level three, and they think that that's all that's possible for them in their lives when there's level four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that's what I talk about when I'm thinking about optimizing energy, you know, high performance, being able to really look at the spectrum and say, who wants really, you know, my husband says this, he says, if you went to see a, a restaurant review and it said five out of 10, would you go there? And so often when people are talking about maybe themselves or their goals or their lifestyles and they'll say, oh, you know, it's fine, it's all right, it's okay. You know, it's not optimum, it's not great, but it's okay. Do you, if it's five out of 10, you know, can we, can we turn it up a bit? So yeah, talk to us about it. Let's get into it. <laughs> I love that because I am one of those really irritating people who's like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. Please go and do that. 100%. Go and try and get your 100% out there. Go, go near the 100%, you might get to 85. Do not settle for 30%. Yep. That is not the way we are built. We are built to be alive. We are built to live a fulfill, like, fulfilling life. Um, and, and there's a lot of noise out there saying that you can't. And and so I'm totally with you on this. I suppose for me, it's like I do a lot in the space that mixes neuroscience, neuroplasticity, our brain's performance levels that we're perhaps not taught as we go through life. Then we find out and go, wow, that's cool. Um, and the ancient stuff. So manifesting how we can hack into super consciousness. I work a lot with consciousness. We've got four levels in that. There are layers to consciousness. So it's kind of like, you've got your conscious mind, you've got your subconscious mind, you've got your unconscious knowing, and you've got super consciousness where you're hacking into some kind of cool universal energy that you can use alongside your human energy. So, you know, I think using using the mix of those, you know, the evidence stuff, the brain, the nervous system, and then mixing it with this other layer, which is the bit where you just don't know like how that happens. I often think this is like the coding that is available to us that we can't yet access. You know, like I do this process called PIP, right? Pivot into power. I think about an apple pip and that apple pip, you could easily spit it out and just be like, that's just a pip, whatever. I'm used to that pip. I don't care, I just want this apple thing. Now, that apple pip has every single bit of information and intelligence it needs to, in you know, a matter of years, become this incredible, mighty apple tree. And where does that information come from? It's interesting. There's no brain there. It's, it's encoded with something. 
And what that really needs to become an apple tree is to not be chucked in the bin or overlooked. It needs nurturing, right? It needs the right environment, it needs the right soil, it needs the, the right context, it needs the right support. I feel like we are all pips, but we're not actually yet hacking into like that part of us that is available to, like you say, absolutely go the distance and see all the infinite possibilities that are out there if you if you really are switched on and um, able to go there. Mm. Yeah, and look at what, what your vision could be. Wow, and you have to be, let's be honest, you have to be open-minded for this, don't you? You have to be able to, I think, put aside, as you said, unknowns because I'm I'll be honest I'm someone who's very data driven I'm very statistical I'm very research evidence based all of that you know that's my DNA it's kind of just who I am it's how I make decisions it's how I look at just things in the world I've just always had a kind of like mathematical brain as opposed to a more kind of poetic or creative I mean I am creative in, in ways but you know I'm a data person and I think that sometimes people think this makes it binary because if you're you know data driven and like you said the unknown you have to almost put aside, I don't know, whatever kind of judgment you have or any kind of, you ha- you, you can't have an answer for everything. And I think sometimes I've experienced things, you know, like you, you shared about your experience. I've had experiences in my life, which you can't explain the reason or the rationale. And so therefore maybe that's given me the ability to say, hey, you know what, try things for yourself, judgment-free, don't, you know, don't have to prove it to anyone, you know, you don't even have to tell anyone, but try it for yourself. And if it makes you feel good, even if it's a placebo, if it's, if, if, if it's a placebo, fine. If it's not, great. If it works and you feel good, what have you got to lose? Like really, what have you got to lose? And I think so many people are unwilling to even do or try because they're like, well, I don't understand. Yeah, and there's no way we can. There's absolutely no way we can understand. I mean, they don't know why the caterpillar is able to turn into a, a butterfly, right? Through that process and then migrate and just fly for, for hours without the benefit of a brain. I mean, all these, there are so many cool things in life that we just can't possibly quantify. Hmm. Uh, I love science too and data. And it's always like, for me, I'm like science is, is, is catching up and proving things, but everything began as an imagined thing. Hmm. And then it became proven. Mm. So we mustn't forget imagination, you know, mental rehearsal of where we want to be, vision, goals. Because without that, you know, I was a creative before. So I was responsible for new ideas, out of the box thinking, but it was for a big corporation, the biggest one in the world. So I was like, oh, I had to get my deadlines and my budgets right. And I had to do it in timelines. So I get what you're saying. Um, and I feel like actually some of the hardest things to do is sort of surrender to the not knowing. Um, but when you do, what I have found working with, yeah, quite a lot of people that are driven by data, you know, people in organizations that are pretty solid, you know, um, that actually it's this creative flow edge that you can hack into that's the cool bit. And there is a there is an edge there which gives you like a sort of you look at it like logically it just gives you some kind of uh, edge quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You mentioned a word then that I want to touch on, which was about visual. And, and you know, I'm someone who unknowingly, I think growing up as a young girl, I visualized a lot. I don't think I thought it was visualization. I think I thought it was daydreaming or um, just, you know, being distracted. But I always mm. think, I was always thinking about something before I did it, whether it was a week before or a day before, I'd, I'd, I'd just, yeah, play it in my mind. Like I, like I could watch it, like I was watching a TV, I could see it. and. Also, when we were talking then about the unknowns and the power, you know, I, I, in my own anecdotal experience, I suppose, have experienced the power of prayer. And now some people, regardless of their religion, faith, spirituality, whatever, people feel a certain way when they hear the word prayer. Some people do, you know, some people it kind of turns them off, whatever. But I feel like the power of prayer, I've seen it. I've seen it in my life, I've experienced it. So that's one of those things that is, I suppose, unknown. And, and again, in different religious texts, it says, write the vision, make it clear. And it talks about visualization. So these things aren't always separate. People think, okay, visualization is this new spiritual thing. And, you know, religion's this old, you know, dusty thing. When actually often so many of these things, um, you know, coexist. So I'd love to for you to talk to us about how you approach visualization, why it's powerful, how does, how does rapid tapping um, uh, kind of go alongside with it? Mm, yeah, I love that. And I, and and probably I suppose my, my way of thinking and approaching everything is the place where science and spirituality meet. Um, having really looked into different religions over the years and practiced different religions, um, there is a real correlation between the idea of prayer, intention, and visualization. And you can label it, of course, by what our, our frame of reference is, but you know, what, what visualization actually is, is a power of allowing yourself to go to a place that you haven't yet been to, that you can go there and make it real in your mind in order to preempt it being real in your life. And I'm really interested that you said that you did it because some of the most successful people I've worked with, right, CEOs, UN leaders, Fortune 100 CEOs and stuff, all of them, do what I would call visioneering, which is not picking up a book and going, I'll visualize a new handbag. That's not what it's about. It's about pushing yourself like athletes do in sort of mental rehearsal so that you lessen the psychological threat going on in your brain. And then you go, this is doable for me. So, you know, if you look at Roger Bannister, who broke the record for the fastest sprint. Everyone says, no, it's impossible. You can't do it. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. Now, the really interesting thing was that he rehearsed that hmm. in his mind. And the other interesting thing is as soon as he did break that record, what happened? An absolute ton of people broke the record too. Because they knew it was possible. They knew it was possible. So my thing is all about making the impossible possible. And there's many ways you can do that. Hmm. But the one of the most um, interesting root ways to do that is to look at what all of the religions have in common. And a lot of that is actually belief, 
yeah, faith, prayer, intention, and seeing something in order to believe it. Very interesting to me. Mm. And in rapid tapping, we focus a lot on what you want. It's uh, in, in, in tapping or EFT tapping, you're focusing on moving away from pain. Yeah. And bringing yourself to a level where you can cope in rapid tapping, you're tapping in stuff and you're going to the place where you remember in your brain. So you're using your hippocampus to like recall information, bolster that up and go, that's okay. That's good. You're finding new evidence all the time from other people around you, not in a kind of comparison way, but like a Roger Bannister way where you're like, yep. And then you're seeing with certain techniques, you know, that we, we do in rapid tapping, you're, you're kind of moving yourself and edging yourself into that place where you're like, yep, I got it. I believe it. This is possible for me. You're raising the possibility all the time. Mm. If you do that, you change your whole outlook on life and your frequency. It's super cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. because your actions and behaviors align with what you believe. So for example, you know, if you, <laughs> very silly example that always has come into my mind, but you look at the weather forecast, says it's gonna be cold, says it's gonna be rainy. So you go you go outside dressed appropriately. You go out preparing for that. And even though that sounds like a silly example, you're preparing yourself for what you expect. And, and when you said then about, you know, Roger, Roger Bannister and, you know, the mile and once, as you said, once people knew it was possible, they were preparing and expecting to be able to do it because it was humanly possible. So yeah, that's the kind of thing when I, I guess, um, talk to people myself, whether it's, you know, friends, uh, family members, people probably my own, my own kids, you know, they're probably like, oh gosh, here she goes again. Cause I'm like, don't think, you know, you've got to, yeah, you have to believe that what you want to achieve, how are you going to feel when you're actually doing it? Are you actually prepared and ready for when that opportunity comes? You know, people talk about the thing they want, the thing they want, but they're procrastinating, they're not starting, they're not doing. And I'm saying, well, when it actually comes, if it, you know, the door knocks and that opportunity is there, are you ready? Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to do the work? Are you ready to be in that position? Are you ready for the responsibility? Are you ready for the blood, sweat and tears? Do you really want it? And sometimes I think as well, when people don't spend a lot of time, you know, if they're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking, I don't really know what I'm, what that next level would be for me. I don't know. I think it's because we are so busy and we're going to probably come on to talk about this in, in, in the end, but we're so busy. We're time poor. Even again, if I think about kids, my kids and you know, our lives are busy at school. You might have clubs. They might be, you know, they might watch TV. They might go to swimming, tutor, homework. There's things every hour, things to do. So I think when I was saying to you earlier that I used to, you know, daydream or think about and visualize, I didn't have so much to do, actually. I didn't have, you know, like I, when I was little, I didn't have an iPad, I didn't have a phone, you know, I didn't have so much to do. So I was daydreaming. And I think if we all kind of were less busy doing, then, you know, the urgent, most important the thing today, then we might actually figure out and spend a bit of time daydreaming about what we could what we could do. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the difference between like, I always say it's like you're working in your business or you're working on your business. A lot of us are working in our business, we're in our stuff, we're in our day to day. You need to take that time out. So I run vision retreats and stuff, creative retreats, because you're like, if you don't, you're in the mire of it. And you know, of course you're gonna be bogged down by the gremlins. Of course you're gonna be like, oh, oh, I can't cope with that or I can't do that. And because no one's interested in thinking about their dreamiest visions when you're knackered and you've like, you push yourself to the limit and you're like, nah, I'm just getting by. That's when all the other neurological stuff comes up and tapping's useful because you do not wanna be doing visionary work and goal kind of like, you know, this is what I am capable of 
when you're pre-stressed, your background, mm. background stress is very high. So you want to do a little bit every day, change it, bring your frequency up. And that's when I suggest to people they, you know, do vision work. Not at the bottom, because who's, who cares? Nobody wants to do that. I've been there. You know, you've been there. It's like, ugh, you don't want to be doing that. It's a way, It feels like a waste of time. It feels like you can't access, and that's because you can't. You literally cannot access the frequency and energy that's up there, so you settle. That's not okay. So it's kind of like a two-pronged system. Do rapid tapping every day or whatever it is to bring your frequency up and make sure it does. Then you go, right, now I'm going to get into the power zone, which is like, you know, we've both got a power thing, haven't we? You've got power, you got power hour, I've got pivot into power. And it's like, you know that you need a certain level where you're like available for that power mm-hmm. to come to you. If you've got it, would you say yes? And you, and, and it, there's a process there where it's yeah. like, you've got to be available for it. Your frequency's got to be there. Then now things open up for you. Mm. You know, then yeah. it gets really cool. Yeah, it's so many, yeah, so many things when you're when you're talking that I'm thinking, yeah, how does that, I guess, how do I approach that? And I think for me, it's where you're saying frequency, for me, I probably talk about energy. You know, I probably say when you're low energy, when you're tired, when you're low mood, when you're just, you know, waking up and you still feel fatigued and you don't have the energy to go for a run, you don't have the energy to start a business, you don't have the energy to share your ideas with the world because you're exhausted. So exactly as you said, I think it's that first you've got to get your energy up, as I say, you know, I'm just like, you've got to focus on your sleep, nutrition, you've got to, you've got to exercise well. And I, I know it's hard. People are like, well, I'm busy, Adrienne. I'm busy. I'm already busy. How can I now start thinking about adding more things in? But it might just be actually taking things out. So as I said, if you are busy, 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 what can come out, what can come off the list so that you can rest, get some energy and then channel that wherever you want to go. So Gosh, us two, this this is great. Yeah, can you can you tell me then? Because you've written the book, Tapping In. So let's hear about that. Tell us about the book. Who's it for? When was it out? Because it's new, but, but yeah, tell us who it's for. When was it out? Yeah, so the book is new. So it came out sort of end of last year. And I was asked to write it for a kind of high achiever crowd who perhaps, basically my clients who perhaps were um struggling with some of the beliefs internal beliefs or limits whether they be limits that are conscious so you know about them or subconscious which is what i deal with a lot so changing those inner beliefs and yeah wrote the book really really found it so cool to write because out of it kind of emerged this cool kind of like yeah rapid tapping vibe where i realized to myself Oh, yeah, I'm definitely all about hyping up the possibilities in life and unlocking potential. But this other bit, which is the super conscious bit. Um, And now it's coming out in America. So I'll be nipping over there uh, later in the year to get it out there. And I'm I'm chuffed because it's sort of weird because um, I'm just glad people are getting into tapping, sort of Mm. knowing how they can use it as a little lifestyle thing, a, a tool, really. I have to ask you, Poppy, is there, do you see a difference between Brits and Americans when it comes to this kind of stuff? Because I often think that I was born on the wrong side of the planet. And if I was born in America, <laughs> everyone's just on that vibe. They're like, yes, opportunity, let's do it. Sky's the limit, do it all. And then in Britain, I feel like people are so skeptical. They're so kind of like, they roll their eyes at the word motivation. It's just like, oh my gosh, this energy. They're kind of, people like to be cool and nonchalant. And I'm like, I am zero chill. So yeah, do you see the difference between the Brits and the US? Oh, totally. I mean, I, I, I first saw it, I was working out there, I worked for Warner Brothers and 
I was like, wow, everyone is so upbeat. How long does this last? And I was like, oh, this is this is it. You know, and it's the American dream, isn't it? You know, I love it because yeah, it it's it's just fun. Um, I also love the Brits because there is this like what I love is like seeing someone slightly like knackered or doesn't see their potential or is a little bit polite about what they can go for in life. Smashing that to bits and then later on seeing the rip go, yeah, then sort of turn into that sort of like really cool, yay vibe. Um, so I like both. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting you use the word polite as well, because again, another question, do you see a difference between men and women when it comes to this stuff? Because I feel like I am surrounded by women who like myself are encouragers who want to, you know, see each other succeed and win and you don't have to downplay or, you know, dim your light. And, I, you know, I've been there in the past where I have been in, in those rooms, but now I'm fortunate that it's like, you know, don't dim your light. Let's all just, you know, be who we are, do the thing. But do you see a difference between this idea of like actually saying what I want, having big audacious goals, sharing them is sometimes received, uh, you know, in a, in a negative way? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I wrote that book for women primarily because I see the potential and I see the, the inner gremlins and the kind of i call it this sort of like line of limitation in a way and, and there's all these emotions i work with emotions but all these emotions that are holding us like gripped as women and it gets on my nerves because you know it, i just i don't like it i don't like it i found out many things over the years about you know women in my position at a different company being paid half as much you know really kind of like what shockers um so i do have a bit of a, a, a thing there but at the same time I'm, I'm working i work with a lot of men and a lot of male ceos and a lot of like people who um can see that well like you it's like i can see that i can get somewhere i just want to know what the bit is that's stopping me i want to get rid of that and then i want to go up there um, but I am seeing more and more women just really go for it, which I love. But I think it's hard to do if you have a lot of noise and you have a lot of experience and evidence that says otherwise. Mm. So it's really about rewriting that and going in and unhooking like all those emotional gremlins. Mm. Debunking, I call it. Debunk that. How How do they show up for people? So if someone's, you know, these limits or blockers, I call them blockers and barriers. Like how do how do those show up for people so if someone again is listening to this and thinking well you know i'm 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 trying you know i'm i know what i want to do i've set myself goals i've been trying but you know i'm get i'm not getting there and i'm not feeling this you know elevated energy but i am trying what are those maybe things that may be holding people back that they don't they're not aware of mm, yeah so i call them gremlins um imps we each have our own particular types. It's really useful to identify what they are so you can work with them. And mostly it's about understanding that there's a conscious, it's a consciousness thing again. So there is a conscious effort, which is like you want something. Yeah, I want that. But there's a massive difference between wanting something and then drawing from your well of what you've actually got to give and who you are. So. The, the best thing if for me, what, what I would work with if, if there's blockers there, is that you want to go in. And when I say go in, I mean go into your subconscious. 
going to the, reprogram the parts of you that are basically have not had the memo that they're not needed anymore. Those gremlins, they just don't have a memo. And it is up to us, or certainly up to me as a coach, to be like, right, you need the memo, but we need to find out what the memo is. And then we need to get in there and give that information over. And when that happens, you may need to ditch a few things in, in practicals uh, and make some adjustments there and do some stuff. Um, so it's the subconscious stuff because, of course, you know, and I hope, I hope most people know this, but our thought processes, 95% of those neuroscience tells us, is just default. And that's terrifying. Um, so unless we flood our conscious efforts to be married up to that, you're hitting a brick wall. And yeah, you do have to do all those additional things, you know, in order to do that in the conscious level. But then there's a couple of other layers that you can play with to raise that up. And that is your subconscious, which is what we do a lot of in Rapid Tapping, yeah. But all because you're reinstalling, you know, a belief. And then there's this superconscious bit, which is the bit we talked about at the beginning, which is like, ooh, what's that bit? That bit for me is just akin to electricity. Yeah, it's just, it's there, it's Wi-Fi. It's there, you don't know how it works, you don't need to, but if you're not hacking into it, you're gonna have a slow flipping download. Yes, I love this. And so when I was nodding along, the listeners can't see us, but I was nodding along when you said about, you know, those like previous, I guess, things that need to get the memo, because mine, I always say to people to like write things down, I was, I, I kind of joke about this, but it's not a joke. I say that and on my birthday and with friends on their birthdays, I'm like, okay, what's the what's the mood for the year? What's the memo for the year? What's the message for the year? And every year it changes on your on your birthday for the next year. And and a good example of one that I have shared with people before is that reminding yourself it's different now. Those three words could change your life. It's different now. So there's sometimes things that you're doing because you're like, oh, you know, I was never good at that or I've always been this way or, you know, certain relationships where you're like, oh, he never listens or, you know, I can't, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. I'm like, it's different now. You're not the same person as you were when you were maybe 20 or 10 or, you know, there's things that we've just been told about ourselves or you maybe even said about yourself, but maybe it's different now. And honestly, when people really get it, they're like, wow it's just three words but you can just write it somewhere put it on a little post-it put it on your phone and just remind yourself if you need to it's different now it's so powerful Mm, absolutely i love stuff like that and then if and, and if someone says oh look i can't i can't get it through my head that i am different now then often that is where you think well what does my what has my body learned that's what i find interesting as well it's like ooh where is it held in my body? So that's quite a cool thing. You know, you'll see with the tapping, we're, we're doing a lot. We, we do the shake, you know, you mentioned the shake. We do that. Um, there's things you can do to update your system. Mm, you know, and it's more kind of ancient touch therapy is what, what I'm really versed in. And somatics. It's very powerful stuff when you're already doing the work like that. If you just add a few bits on, your results just get really good. And that's why they call me fast, yeah, rapid. I'm very quick. If someone comes to me with a one-year gold plan, I'm like, nah, we'll do that in a month. And it's a shocker when we do do it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like all these extra layers, you know. Oh, Poppy, you've got, I'm so excited. I feel like I'm going to go down this 
tapping rabbit hole for the rest of the day. I'm not gonna do anything else the rest of the day, but it'll be tapping. So can you tell us, because at this part of the show, sadly I could talk to you all day, but at this part of the show, I like to ask about the power hour. So the first hour of every day, I call it the power hour because it sets me up for my day ahead. It's been incredibly impactful in my life to be intentional about what am I doing for the first hour that I'm awake? What am I doing? What am I not doing? What am I listening to? What am I not listening to? Where am I looking at? Um, how am I moving my body? What am I putting in my mouth? All of these things, I became very intentional about the first hour. And I guess I started to wonder what's everybody else doing with their first hour? And obviously that's led us here. So can you tell us, Poppy, about your power hour? What do you do in the first hour of every day? Mm. So this is one of my favorites. And I do a certain things, but I wouldn't necessarily do in the same order. I like to sort of move intuitively as to what is required on a particular day, but it will have something along the lines of doing some tapping as soon as I wake up. So this is a quick rapid tap, just to notice how you feel. We have a three step, how you feel, because give it a logical reason and then move into possibility. So you're working with your frequency and then your affirmation. So you're working to make that affirmation feel more real. You're sloughing off any of the stuff from yesterday. So I'll always do that. Like literally when, like I literally wake up, so I won't even move. I was just about to say, I was like, is she still in bed? Are you getting up and sitting yeah. on the floor? You're just laying in bed and you just wake up and start tapping on your face. Yeah. Well, I actually do all, all, all over my body actually. When I get up, cause I'm, I'm activate, I'm activate. I see myself as all activating my vessel for life. So I'm like, right, let, you know, activating that. Um, so I will do that. I'll always write. I'll always journal. I'll always do that. I will always use creative flow writing and I will always set out my day in some way. Um, then I will always listen to something inspiring without a doubt, whether that's an audio book or yeah, audible podcast, quite like really old weird books from like the 1900s where you sort of read them like cringe because it's all like and the man went to the but you know when you get the gist of them they're really quite powerful so I like all the metaphysical books I've always read them since I was young keep doing that I will move around I'll do stretches nothing too high impact but I will definitely get my body into the game and I will usually have a kind of green juice. I mean, am I going into too much detail here? No, tell us. Honestly, <laughs> I love it. I'm like, what do people do and why? Because everyone's <laughs> everyone's are so different. So different. Are so they? yeah, please tell us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I suppose the other thing is I usually listen to some kind. I like silence in the beginning. Listen to some kind of music. My guy will very kindly, and he always has done this, every single day will make me breakfast in bed. And wow. it is just the most cute thing. So we'll always have like a morning coffee together, chat. Um, you know, I'll tell him about something like spiritual or sciencey or, <laughs> and then he'll tell me something that I don't really want to hear about the news. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of how that goes. Um, and then, yeah, I'll just kind of, Make sure I take it easy. You know, I like easy mornings with really impactful things happening in them mm. where I can connect in to myself. I can connect in what I call creative flow. That's important to me. I get, you know, get my body in the game. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it sounds, it sounds good. You're making me feel more relaxed and assured and calm, which um, as somebody who, I don't know, I don't, not that I don't relax, I do relax, but I'm somebody who I, I think my natural state, my natural energy, as I, as I was saying, is like gear five. So I have to be really, really intentional and focused if I want to lower that gear down. From the minute I wake up, my eyes are open and I'm like, go, what am I doing? And you know, it's, um, it's all the things. So I also enjoy when I do have those slower mornings, this, bit more rare but when I do um I think it's yeah it can be incredibly powerful so I'm sure people are feeling inspired and I'm hoping after this conversation that people will not just feel inspired or not just feel motivated but actually if you are then taking that feeling to do something with it you know do something take an action whether it's to um buy the book and read it for yourself whether it's to find out more about tapping whether it's to give it a go for five minutes today but yeah use this energy use this motivation if you're feeling that to take action to try something new yeah exactly and give it a try you know i i always do i don't know if you know but i do a free tap a rap on rapid tapping every monday just for people who want to try like taste what is she talking about why is she banging on about this rapid tapping um so i do that 11 11 every monday so and i will keep a few of them on there so if anyone does want to try just try it see, see how that's it on instagram yeah yeah right. at rapid tapping at rapid tapping wicked check it out thank you so much poppy i have got a big smile on my face i'm feeling energized and i've really enjoyed talking to you i knew that I would it took us a while but we did it and i'm really grateful for your time oh it's been so wonderful i could talk to you for ages yeah let's see what the future brings mm. thank you so much everyone for tuning in as always i appreciate it and share this episode with somebody who you think would like to hear this message today who'd like to hear from poppy who'd like to explore tapping and i'll be back next week with another episode see ya Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.